Hi, and welcome to the Pretty Little Liars podcast on time travel and murder mystery. With me is Marco Sparks. What's up? I am Benjamin Light. Yes, you are. Today we are talking about episode 8 of season 1, entitled, Please Do Talk About Me When I'm Not There. When I'm Gone. When I'm Gone. Sorry. Whatever. Uh, not a not an interesting episode. Definitely an interesting episode. Um, as I said to, to Benji here, I, I, there's two things I want to just address from the previous episode real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Number one, we talked about him a little bit because we were so enamored at this character, this throwaway character in the episode, but the chef. This is another moment. I think we talked a little bit about uh, Spencer in the After Dark, but um, this is the moment where like th- this guy should have driven Spencer up the wall. This is a pretty minor note, but this is the <laughs> guy who's going to go home and like waddle in a puddle of his own filth or whatever, his own waste. And like he's also the chef. <laughs> at the club where her family eats. I'm just saying that that would that would I I wouldn't eat there, and Spencer especially I would think would, would file that away. She should have been like, remind me not to eat here again. Yeah, remind me to have this guy destroyed and ruined to run out. Also, of since the fucking tennis pros are cooking now. Yeah, yeah, with his fruit shish kebab. But uh, other note is just very minor note. The uh, <laughs> the substitute teacher is the author of the books. Yeah, you know, I I I knew that. I just forgot about it. Um, yeah, it's the Sarah Shepard. Miss Shepard. Yeah, you can find a photo <laughs> online of like on the set where like her and uh, Lucy or uh, uh, Lucy Hale took a photo together. As you can imagine, when Arya meets her maker, she's just angry. Yeah, I almost said Lucy Montgomery. Hmm. See how it's just all just wrapped up and intertwined. Ah. So. Um, I felt like this episode itself, uh, please do talk about when I'm gone, had the longest, like, previously on PLL package ever yet. I wasn't really paying attention to it. Did I don't know, maybe it's just me. Did you find that, like, maybe it's their plots are kind of, like, scattershot right now, but it seems like I'm having to take a lot of notes in these last few episodes. Yeah, well, I, I, I've got, I thought, okay, the Homecoming episode, I'm taking a lot of notes because this is an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. This episode, I took easily as many as the homecoming episode and it wasn't to me as amazing or as wonderful but yeah there's a lot of little a lot of notes. little stuff yeah well we get a lot of flashbacks in this episode yeah i think yeah, each character has like kind of their own flashback to a, a time on a like at the lake or something with allison and don't you know we're going to talk about the device by which they do that the device yeah well it, for a moment there, the show really lives up to your your theory. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, by the way, so so inside baseball here for a moment. I uh, I had emailed JJ mm-hmm. the other day just to say like, if you like TTMM at all, you're gonna love our PLL podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he said in response? What did he say? He said, "Is it just like an hour of you and Benji talking about Benji's theory?" <laughs> And I said, yes, so much more. Yeah, he doesn't like that theory. Too bad, JJ. It's balls of the wall here. He's been watching too much Breaking Bad. You gotta, you gotta loosen your, your neurons a little. If I could see an episode that was just Arya with a barrel full of cash. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing like it a, through the desert. And yeah. a pork pie hat, uh, I'd be done. I would just, I would move the, I would move the Granite State myself and live in a cabin in the woods. Um, so I I like that the show, not every episode, but they kind of have a, a formula sometimes where 
the start and the end of the episode is bookended with the four girls being together. Yeah, I think they usually try to do that, or at least like most of the girls together. You know? It's it's kind of like their their primary hangout is Spencer's place. Because really, Spencer's sometimes the sometimes they're like at Emily's house, or like you know, like they end, they're usually not at Arya's house. No, because Arya's house is creepy. They're usually at it. It seems like at Emily or Spencer's place. I mean, Spencer's place because like her parents, like they they frequent it occasionally. You know. Let me just offer a gift to the producers and writers of PLL. If season five, if you were to announce that, oh, by the way, guys, Arya's house is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all there, and it's just the set alone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's usually it's usually Spencer's place. Yeah. Um, because Spencer is like secretly the star of the well, show. She's... Though Lucy Hale is the star of the show. Well, Spencer's like the rich one. Like you want to stay at her place, you know? Like if you're a teenager, it's like, yeah, we're going yeah. over to your place. You've got a PS3, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Her toilet paper is a lot nicer. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the four girls are together at Spencer's. They're they're planning at the start of this episode. They're planning the dedication slash memorial for Allison at the park bench. Um, they're they're unboxing the like fountain that they got for Allison. Which, which itself I thought was kind of creepy. Um, just because the girls were all the the figurines on the on the side were all too tall, too skinny, too weird. I found like, that just like there's something Edward about Corey the girls. Girl. Something about the girls using the screwdrivers to unbox it, like I found it fascinating, especially watching Arya use a screwdriver. I don't know why that is, but I was just like staring at it the whole time. Because they like they work. It's like Arya and Emily like working as a team. They were like each on one corner, and then they would like rotate to the next one to like undo the screws. And then Spencer was there, like getting all the screws from them. Like I don't know, it was, it was like weirdly coordinated, you know? But like unspoken, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. There's momentary tension between Arya and Hannah about which of Arya's parents should have moved out. And my notes, I just wrote doppelganger drama. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, Arya's getting snippy with Hannah because, like, her mom moved out. And, and Arya's like, why should my dad move out? Like, yours, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, they talk a little bit about how Allison's brother Jason's going to come back to town and, and be involved in the memorial and that he was. They always remembered him as like the older brother of Allison, who was a weird guy who listened to hardcore punk music in his like closed room, and the floor would vibrate from how loud mm-hmm. his hardcore punk music was. And Emily was kind of into that. Um, and She's a lesbian, yeah, well, uh, lesbians and music, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're wondering how this guy got into an Ivy League school, and Spencer assumes that there must have some sort of affirmative action for goths and emos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then they talk about how, you know, uh, as time passes, the, nobody will know who Allison was. I just remember that she was the girl that they dedicated this bench to, to which we get flashback. Well, before we get the flashback, we have Spencer. She, she kind of like says Allison's line. She's the one who remembers Allison has this line about immortality, you know, um, that's immortality, my darlings or something like that. Yeah, interesting to see Spencer the one giving that line reading. Um, well, because yeah, Spencer Arya and, some... and Arya almost seems jealous of the kind of like uh, you know functional immortality that Allison's going to get. There's a there's a certain subtext in every Arya scene that I definitely want to get into when we talk about Arya. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so in the flashback, they're at a no con. Is it a no con party? I don't think it's a Nolcon party. I think he's it's just there. It's like a high school party by like a it was lake. Like it's just like at a lake or something, yeah. Like all of your main high school figures are there. 
the five girls are just kind of chilling and like bitchcrafting. Well, the five girls are chilling right at the shore and seemingly probably like the best spot to be at, you know? Yeah, yeah, but they're not, they, they don't ever move. And all their flashbacks, yeah. they don't ever move. They just practice their bitchcraft. And, um, Allison says something like, the only way to achieve mortality is to die young and leave a beautiful corpse, which to me is some like unfathomably like heavy shit to be well, saying. Well, she's like, breath. she's like really weird and morbid. Yeah. And like none of the girls pick up on that because they all have their own drama, like Hannah's fat and Spencer's laying on her stomach and Emily's possibly a lesbian. Except yeah, for okay. Arya. Arya kind of picks up on it because she wants to be a vampire. You know, I mean, like she's like want to look good, want to look like like I do when I'm young and live forever, type of thing. You know, you could scooch Lucy Hale over to a vampire show and like not miss a beat. Yeah, but she doesn't have the pink stripe. She doesn't have the pink stripe here now. Hmm. We don't know when this takes place in Allison's life. We don't know how how far before she died this is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So can we can we I don't know. So okay, I want to point out in my notes I have it broken up to our four liars, our, our main power bitches, and then I've got a separate thing for Jason actually. Yeah, my notes are a wreck because there's so much stuff with Jason and Jen in this episode. And I've got a thing for of course Noel Khan. Mm-hmm. And then I have a separate section for just the dedication and everything after the dedication. So I don't know. How do you want to do this? You want to start, I, want to start with Arya? I guess we can just talk about Arya. Um, because we always, talk, we always start with Arya and we always end with Spencer. Because yeah. that's how it should be. Well, they, they find out, like, they meet with Jason and he basically, like, is semi-taking over their, like, dedication planning that they're doing. The dedication for this fountain. And, um, let's see what I have here. So, the, Jason mentions that Jenna, Jenna thing, is going to speak at the dedication. And they all freak out about that. And they don't want her to speak. And Arya says, "How are we going to stop her without looking like bitches?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like, like that's literally the first thing in my Arya section of notes. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. How can you not? There's. I mean, before we really, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like every other storyline that happens in this episode, there's like something. Maybe I'm just wanting to see this, but it's like. Arya could not give a shit. Like she's so frustrated <laughs> that everyone else has drama that has nothing to do with her. What's funny to me is that Arya, through the whole episode and like the past one as well, she's constantly bringing up her kind of like strife with her parents and like you yeah. know that she's using that as an excuse for like whatever. But she obviously the thing she's actually concerned about is Ezra. You know, like that's what she's thinking about the whole time. But more importantly, she's more concerned about, she's like literally like, like a little Susan Lucci. Like anything that gets her storyline more play. Hmm. Like, well, she, like, she gets to school and she sees a sign for homecoming and then there's like an, a really egregious, like useless flashback to that homecoming scene. Um, this was long. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, maybe they had to like fill some time or something. I don't know. Is I know it, it's over. I know that. Yeah. And so but, then she, she rips the, the homecoming poster down, goes inside. I mean, there's one point where, like, Jason's talking about something or other, and, like, they'd stop just this short of having Lucy Hale, like, do, like, an immense eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, does this have anything to do with me? No. Uh. Um, but then there's a, a very, like, like the mechanics television breakdown. There's a moment where, uh, we'll get into Emily's section later, but Emily's, like, outside, like, on the outside part of the screen. Oh, yeah, that was a weird... On the phone. Yeah. And Arya's, like, you see her through the window. Arya's, like, walking through a hallway 
looks over at Emily, like senses because she's Arya that Emily's like got a crisis, so she comes out to visit her. But from Arya's perspective, all she can literally see is the back of Emily's head. And it's almost like she's like, ugh, that bitch is emoting. I need to go crush that. And also she's A, so, you know, she probably heard the phone call. Indeed, indeed, yeah. So, uh, Hannah's lame-ass gay boyfriend, Sean, has tickets to go see Panda Forces. <laughs> that, LOL. Um, but he, he'll only go, he doesn't have tickets, Noel Khan has tickets. And Noel they, Khan. They can go you. as long as Noel Khan has a date to go. Noel Khan wants to take Arya. He doesn't. I said an Arya. He doesn't want to ask her out if she's going to say no. So Hannah needs to like, you know, rearrange things so that he can ask her out and have her say yes. Of course, he doesn't want to ask her out if she's going to say no because I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, come on. But yeah, No Khan was Arya's biggest crush all throughout middle school and now he's asking her out and quite frankly, she's just not into it. Yeah, uh, I think it's Sean who says she's got an anti-boy zone around her. And I just wrote down that's because she only accepts men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, Arya's like, I don't date boys anymore. Sorry, Sean. No homo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just, I just, I feel like throughout my notes in Arya, I have basic, like, various wordings of Arya's a little frustrated with everyone else's potential drama. Mm-hmm. Um. And then she tries to use her family as an excuse once again to not go to the concert, but we really know that it's all about Ezra, you know, because yeah. like. When you see her in a monologue, like you know, her, like flashing back to the homecoming thing, like that's what's on her mind, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Hannah offers her some some heavy advice that now is all we got. Mm-hmm. So eventually, Arya, we're talking about the device here. After Hannah leaves her with the pitch that you have to go with no cons, so we can all like go as a force into this concert. Arya opens up her locker, looks at the mirror that's placed on the door, mm-hmm. and cue flashback. Q flashback to the the same you know set up at the lake mm-hmm. uh, as you know some other point of the day they're checking out all the the liars are checking out Noel Khan like like uh, rubbing sunscreen on some chick with a big rack and Prudence. Allie Prudence and and Allie's like you know teasing her for getting a boob job or something which is like totally like the bitchy high school girl thing to do you know like that girl has a big rack you must like make her feel bad about it you know uh, and. Arya, we find out, is into Nolcon here, and Allie's just like, would you ever get a boot job to impress Noel? And Arya's like, what? No. There is, in this scene, when uh, when they're all just like watching Nolcon and this chick, Arya has the most insane look on her face. Yeah. Like, it's this like weird, like, kind of like desire, like, like, she, she's into it. She doesn't even hear Allie at first when he asks her, when she like asks a, her about the boot job. It's a very, like, studious desire, though. Yeah. She's taking notes mentally. Yeah. Um, well, then Allie tells her, don't be too coy. Yeah. Yeah. Allison limits Arya, like, like diminishes her agency by basically saying that Arya likes them brainy. Well, meanwhile, Allison says that she likes them with more maturity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Arya doesn't have nearly enough to do until like, the end of the episode where she ends up on this foursome date. <laughs> date buzzkill. That's what I have written down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wrote down, she is so bored with this date. Hannah says, Arya, the lights in this house are dimming because it's all, because of all the energy you're sucking out of the air. But yeah, prior to the concert, there the four of them are having pizza at Hannah's house, mm-hmm. which seems lame. Um, yeah, Arya could not be less interested in this date at all. It, it and is completely unconcerned with everybody else picking up on that. Yeah. No con. I, I, 
I almost want to come back to the scene like uh, 25 episodes into this podcast to like dissect Noel mm-hmm. Khan. But at one point, he comes and talks to her alone. He's picking up the vibe. He's picking know. up the vibe. He's addressing the vibe. He's trying to be cool about it, and he's sleazy. Yeah, and she's Noel like, Khan, oh, it's not you. It's Arya, you know? And I, I hate the fact that they actually do refer to him as Noel in this episode. Because yeah. Well, she's like, I no, will- it's not you. I mean, you're Noel. Yeah, like, oh. yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, goddamn right I am. He's not Noel. He's Noel Khan. Yeah, he's... He's just merely a foot and a half taller than Lucy Hale, by the way. Um, and he, and both she and him refer to him as a brand name. Yeah. <laughs> um, the boy back in Iceland, which is the code for Ezra, is special. Was special, is special. Um, and she's like talking about her drama in this vague way to Noel Khan that there's only a couple ways this can play out, and they range from messy to bad. And No Khan is so sleazy because he's doing like the Maya thing where like he's like understanding, yeah. but at the same time, he pulls it off like, a lot better than Maya, though, because well, yeah, he's, yeah. he's No Khan. He's No Khan. He's dancing the stars right now. But he, he's like, uh, the whole time you were talking about that guy, I just wanted to kiss you. And I'm still thinking about it. Wink, wink. Yeah. But I'm not going to. Wink, wink. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're gonna go to everyone else's storyline, but uh, this moment, this touching moment, is interrupted because Spencer like uh, puts a text blast on everyone that SOS, mm. and then uh, we'll go to everyone else. But Arya does have a great line there: that "This is still Allison's movie, and we're all just filling up the screen." Oh, one thing we should mention—I don't know where else to cover this—in that first flashback mm-hmm. of Allie when you know talking about immortality and being morbid, they uh, cut over to Jenna thing. The Jenna thing. The cut over to the Jenna thing, uh, talking to her like her like D list group. The D list, yeah. Allison says, "Why doesn't she take her D list gang and go home instead of being creeping me out?" Like Allison, like seemingly has always hated Jenna, and Jenna has like a weird crew that's not the popular crew, and it annoys Allison that like she even has a crew, you know? Because like Allison is the queen bee with like the popular well, crew. I don't have a special note on Jenna, but let's talk about like. There's there's a certain brilliance to the way they handle Jenna. The first time you see well, no, Jenna, no, there's flashbacks. There's a detail here. She you see she's her in the flashback. She's still wearing the sunglasses, and then she takes them off, and you see her eyes for the first time. It's so terrifying. You're just like yeah. ah, Jonathan's yeah. eyes. Like they're like this piercing green. Like yeah. On somebody else, you would say they were pretty. On her, they're like menacing. You know. They're like Emerald City Green, yeah. There's something out of Wizard of Oz, yeah. But like mm-hmm. this flashback sequence again is uh, to coin Peanut's boyfriend is filmed in Instagram, yeah. Like it's yeah. it's weird and glowing, but yeah, like it's that brilliant thing. Like whenever they would like, uh, oh, baby Kalala would like wore like a uh, like, like a red, blue like for a it's yeah, like, giant dick sunglasses the pack, which is scar. Hey, you're cutting out there. You're doing something else on the internet right now. I'm not. Hmm. All right. Yeah, but yeah, the the sunglasses. It's like they're part of her origin. It's like she always had them. She always wore them, and now okay. she's extra creepy. Also, we should point out. I know we won't talk about her at last, but uh, Spencer has the first flashback, then Arya. Yes. Um. Let's talk about. Um... Who's next on our list here? Oh, we should also mention. Uh, do you want to do Jason as a separate thing, or? Yeah, yeah, Jason's a separate thing. Okay. Well, let's First talk. Jason. Let's talk about Emily, I guess. Yeah, Emily has very little to do, really. Her and Maya, they start flirting again. Maya's doing the thing where she's like making Emily close her eyes while she feeds or something. 
I just wrote lesbian mouth trust games. Yeah, that's all his code for sex. Uh, Emily wants to go on a date with Maya, but it kind of takes her a while to come out and say it. Because, you know, it's like she... Emily's still at a place where she she's not okay with just, like, asking a girl out on a date. She's kind of like, yeah. hey, well, we should go hang out and go to a movie. And, of course, Maya has to force it out of her. And then, just because Maya's a bitch, she's like, well, I'll think about it. You know? It's like, oh, okay, cunt. Yeah. Well, Emily's like, uh, yeah, bitch, date. A date with me. Mm-hmm. And Maya's like, well, maybe I'll think about it. Yeah, so... Um, we find out that Emily's dad is coming home from Afghanistan. He's a lieutenant colonel. That was in the Pennsylvania National Guard. Yes, a lieutenant colonel. That's pretty high up. In the Pennsylvania National Guard, though. Eh, I mean, lieutenant I kept colonel. He was in the like the actual like army or something. Well, I mean, during the you know the past ten years, they've been using the National Guard as army, basically. Well, I mean, and Maya points out that he's basically been in the shit the whole time. Yeah. Um, but so Emily gets the very last flashback of the episode. And again, Emily, while getting ready for her date with Maya, looks into the mirror and cues the flashback. I'm going to go ahead and spoil for you that, that three of the four liars cue their flashback by looking at their own reflection in the mirror. Except for Spencer, I assume. Nope. No? No. That's what makes it so interesting. Hmm. Only Hannah is the one who doesn't look in the mirror. I did not notice that. What is she looking at anything in particular? Uh, it's when Lucas is taking the photos and the camera is clicking off, hmm. like off screen, and then Hannah kind of stares off into space and goes into her flashback. Yeah. So back so it to is a, it is an image that captures reflections. But anyway. Yeah. Back to Emily here. Um, there is an interesting scene where it's her and I, I think Spencer talking to Jason about the dedication thing, and Jason's like kind of a dick. He's like, yeah, "Do you think not that?" Kind of. And he's like, oh, well, you hung out with Allison. Do you think that means you knew her better than I did? And Emily says, no, it means that we knew her in a different way. Which, yeah. like, it's funny, especially coming from him. Like, Emily was the closest to Allison, you know? And, like, basically in love with her, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Emily, Emily's an interesting character. Like, she's almost too nice for the rest of the liars, you know? Like, well, she's, I think in some regards, she's, she's Spencer, but she's more sensitive. Yeah, she's she's more sensitive and and kind of like less self-involved, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Jason meets with the principal with Spencer and Emily, mm-hmm. and he has a chuckle about how he basically uses the principal as his hand puppet. Yeah, and <laughs> Jason's kind of a dick. Um, yeah. So eventually, Emily goes on a movie date with Maya. They're seeing an old RKO movie, black and white, called "I Walked with the Zombie," because uh, that's what the kids in Rosewood do, I guess. They they only see old movies. There's no current movies playing in. I mean, is it that theater's business model? Like, we're gonna show these old movies that nobody wants to watch, so kids can just come and make out and not worry about watching the movie. Like, yeah, I guess. Um, but first, in the flashback, uh, Allison tells Emily about the kissing rock near mm-hmm. the lake there, um, where people go to make out on a rock or something, and ghosts. All the ghosts, your, all the ghosts of the people who've kissed her before, were like watching and encouraging you. Yeah, yeah. And Allison says the bizarre cryptic line that you should never disappoint a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So later, Maya's talking before they make out because I feel like they're in the theater and there's like plenty of other people in the theater. But at some point during the movie, like everyone else is gone and it's just Maya and Emily making out. But at one point, um. When Emily's talking about her dad being a lieutenant colonel of the Pennsylvania National Guard, and Maya's, you know, ooh, he was in the shit, huh? Maya jumps right with the uh, 
well, I'm going to get to meet him, aren't I? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, <laughs> presumptuous bitch. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> this is our first date. I'm not even officially a lesbian yet. You got to think a lieutenant colonel in the National Guard seen pretty well. All right, that's, uh, what, like two steps down from general? Are there generals in the National Guard? I'm sure there are. I don't know. Well, I mean, but at the same time, you have to also think lieutenant colonel in the National Guard is not the same as like lieutenant colonel in one of the you know Army, Air Force, etc. I wish we had a listening fan base so that they could tell us whether or not you're wrong. I feel like I feel like that's a pretty significant spot. Like, I don't doubt the significance of the spot, but I, I don't think I don't think that lieutenant colonel is the same all across the board. Is what I'm saying. All right. And I, I deal with, in my own personal job, with a lot of lieutenant colonels who will introduce themselves as colonel. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Emily, Emily, because Emily was kind of the star of last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, so she does, her, her thing this week is basically just like kind of, you know, working up to a date and making out with Maya. Like she's kind yeah. of like coming to, uh, to grips with like her attractions, you know, because she was still resistant last week. Yeah, yeah. She's on board and she's trying to take a little power of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I and like that she didn't wear the scarf. Yeah, yeah. She didn't wear the scarf that Maya gave her. Yeah, because you know what? Fuck you, Maya. Maya's just awful. All right, let's talk about Hannah. 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 So Hannah started the episode, or let you know after the opening. She uh, talks about how offended she is that they like cut up her credit card, uh, and finds it out from private property. Yeah, finds out from her mom that they're out of money. So the mom's just like, try- mom's obviously Ashley's trying to make light of it. Like, well, we just need to cut back a little. No more, no more wine. No more flavored water. No more artisan cheese. You know, <laughs> there's a. We find out that there's an artisan cheese shop in Rosewood. Of course, I think that's like all of Rosewood. Like, I'm, they probably have like twenty of them. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the entire economy is like wine wine bars and artisan cheese and like uh, coffee shops. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting though because um, nothing new has happened with the um, – what is Hannah's last name? Marin. Marin. Yeah, there's nothing new has happened with the, the ladies, the Gilmore girls here. Mm-hmm. Um, the dad's seemingly been gone for a matter of years at least, but uh, – it's basically just the mortgage and other things are adding up to to Ashley's problems that they're a one paycheck family that can't live a two paycheck life. Yeah, well, but when you, when your daughter has her own credit card and is like just burning through it like crazy at the mall. Exactly. Yeah, but I also wrote down Ashley doesn't get child support. Yeah, I know. Like she should be pulling a ton of money from uh, her husband. Maybe she didn't want to to be nice or something. Mm. Like Ashley needs a better fucking lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. She's got like a Barry Zuckercorn as her lawyer. <laughs> exactly. I gotta get in that poof. Um, yeah, so so then again, Sean is gonna get uh tickets to see Band of Horses from Noel Khan. I wanna point out that Sean points out to Hannah that these are strictly VIP. Yeah. <laughs> There's always like a line from the episode. I, I don't know how we're gonna actually structure the titling of these podcast episodes. I presume they'll just be the episode title. Probably yeah. easy. But there's always like a line that I always feel like that's the alternate title, like Pixie Sith Lord or Strictly VIP. Oh, and then he he finds out that Hannah's going to go help Lucas with some yearbook stuff. And he seriously says, like, be careful you don't get cooties from him or something like that. And Hannah's like, really? Cooties? 
How old are you? Well, no, but she actually finds it kind of adorable, though. Like, because there's a difference between Sean and Lucas to her. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she's never in danger of falling in love with yeah. Lucas. Sorry, Lucas. She's she's always in danger of overlooking Sean's glaring flaws, like he enjoys sex with men. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she, she goes to see Lucas, who has an incredibly lame idea for a yearbook spread featuring students, like the contents of their locker. And because he's so smitten of Hannah, he's like letting her give him like design tips. Yeah, I'm going to go on a limb here. Her idea is a good idea. I recommended something similar to that when I was in your book. He calls her tips smart. Mm -hmm. They are smart. She wants to, uh, he was just going to like have pictures of people's lockers. And her idea was to have people guess whose locker it was like with like multiple choice and then get the answer in the back of the book. The only thing that I would point out about this is that you look at a yearbook two, two ways. You look at a yearbook in the now, like, okay, we're, we're, mm. we're juniors, we're seniors, whatever. This is the yearbook. You look at the yearbook like 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. Like, what, will you really care about guessing whose locker is who in 20 years? Sure. Anyway, that's, that's, that's this whole separate point. Mm-hmm. But basically, Lucas, it's all fueled from his, like, uh, lust for Hannah, though. I kept expecting it's, us to get, like, some sort of clue from the locker photos, but I guess not. Well, somebody else does. Do they? Yeah, because so anyway, so Lucas is desperate for any way to spend more time with Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, from having her offer advice on the spread, which not in this episode, but spoiler, doesn't at some point they mention that Hannah's trying to go to like a design college, like a, like a fashion design college? Maybe, yeah, something like See, that. It's the first time you get the idea that Hannah, like Ari, is obsessed with writing mostly personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Hannah, like fashion is her forte. Yeah, definitely. Um, so eventually Hannah comes back to the yearbook office at a point where obviously Lucas is not there because I don't know why she's hanging out with Lucas so much, but, uh, she runs a detective Wilden. That's right. Wilden is there. Yeah. And he's looking at the, the spread of locker photos. Yeah. And well, he's, he's, he's feeling... just being creepy. He's creepy. Wilden. He's trying to get info for, from her about Toby. He's whining about Jason being up his ass and he basically tries to blackmail Hannah. Well, and we'll talk about Jason, but Jason is back in town both to run this memorial and to get fully up Wilton's ass about the Allison De Laurentiis like investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, but briefly, the stuff with Lucas, she finds out that Lucas like has made some money selling his like action figures and shit on eBay. <laughs> I like how she's asked like, "Who would buy something a twelve-year-old doesn't want anymore?" And he's like, 40 year old men." <laughs> <laughs> And so she's going to have Lucas sell a bunch of like her like handbags that she doesn't want to make some money because the Marin family needs some cash. Yeah. Those like the Gilmore girls need some cash. Yeah. Um, so she runs in the world and has a classically like cryptic world in line and she throws shit at him that like, uh, uh, a lot of people will find it interesting that the guy who's running this investigation investigation used to like hang out in my kitchen in a towel. Well, and he's kind of like, Oh, I'd, I'd hate for Jason to find out about, you know, like you like they're basically trying to blackmail each other you know well he has the line that's kind of echoing last week's line but he basically says that in rosewood people's personal and private lives can get a bit muddled <laughs> um, and then we get the flashback yeah well and lucas like he said like we said he offers to help hannah sell her shit online because he's Desperate to have any time of her whatsoever. Yeah. He does name drop Count Dooku and Darth Sidious, which I just want to take an opportunity to say that we also do a Star Wars podcast called Greedo Shot First. Mm-hmm. 
find it on iTunes. It hasn't been updated in months. There's nothing still, to talk about. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, as he's taking the photos of her handbags, click, 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 click of his, of his fancy camera that's on a phone, Hannah like stares off in space and you cue her flashback. Flashing back to them back on the lake. Uh, Lucas has his like remote control boat that he's been driving around. There's some interesting Perfect. shots of that boat throughout the episode. Like the camera was like actually like on it at one point, I think. Um, and Alice is just like a total bitch to him. And she's like, get lost, Hermie. You know, mm-hmm. he has this line where he's like, I think my rudder is stuck. Like, <laughs> that is just painful. It, with Lucas, Allison has her weakest of bitchcraft and like, like uh, name calling because it's Hermie the hermaphrodite. Mm-hmm. Well, As like the uh, chief, like evil cunt of Rosewood High, I think he could do better, Allison. I'm yeah. just saying. If she cared to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so Hannah, like, kind of tries to stick up for Lucas a little. She's like, come on, Allie. And Allie's just, Allie just, like, just, you know, glares at her. And it's just like, what does she say? She says, don't look back. Something could be gaining on you. Like, she totally makes Hannah feel terrible for sticking up for Lucas. And then cut back to present day where Hannah's remembering this and feeling kind of bad because she knows that Allison was pretty terrible. Each of the flashbacks, like there's a the, the five girls are all present, mm-hmm. but it really focused on each flashback with how the girls interacted with Allison. And at some point, based on the nature of the, her relationship with them, Allison checks the girls. Yeah, yeah. Allison kind of has to like so establish her dominance. With Emily, they talk about the kissing rock mm-hmm. and love, and it's like a, a, a the tease of seduction because. That was the nature of her relationship with, with Emily. With Hannah, it's, uh, hey, by the way, fatty. No fat chicks, fatty. You know. Well, and like, you're going to do what I say, or, uh, you know, if you keep sticking up for these nerds, I might have to lose you type of thing, you know? Right, right. And we'll talk about Spencer in a moment. But with, with Arya, it's the most nebulous because. Well, it's because she has the least power over Arya of the, of the four liars. Because in some ways, Arya is Allison. Well, I, I read an interesting uh, kind of analysis of this in one of the TWAP recaps, where it was essentially the idea is that Arya, if she if she realized that she would be the most powerful of all of them, and so this is why Allison has befriended Arya is to kind of keep her keep her around and like on her side, you know. But with less antagonism than Spencer, less antagonism because Arya Arya isn't aware of her power the same way Spencer is. Right. Right. Because Arya is too self-centered yeah. to like really like like realize her full potential. Yeah. Um. So exit flashback. Uh, I haven't followed in the Hannah section, but Byron, uh, Arya's father, stops by to see Ashley. Yeah. Well, before we get to, I just want to point out, like exiting that flashback, Hannah's feeling bad because it really is. It's like technically, yeah, it was Allison being the huge bitch, but they never did anything. So they are basically culpable oh, yeah. of being just as terrible as Allison. And from a protection standpoint, no fat suit or anything. They just put uh, the actress in a giant sweatshirt. Yeah. At the beach, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Byron stops by to see Ashley. There's none of the liars are present. Um, this is a great scene. I want to say like, so like the OC was a show that really the producers want to do about the parents mm-hmm. but they 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 framed it under the context of the kids but they really wanted to do a show about peter gallagher and his eyebrows and his wife yeah 
But like, this is a show that's brilliant because Byron and Ashley stop by and they have a pretty functional scene while they're both reinforcing their ridiculous parent storylines on this teen mystery show. Yeah, it's a semi, like, it's like, are, are they supposed to like have like a burgeoning relationship? I mean, it's weird for one because this <laughs> is, uh, you know, Arya and Hannah's mom, you know, doppelganger drama here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both kind of like, commiserating over like how weird it is when like you know marriages go south and it's like is there is there something here or are they just being friendly well but at the same time so byron stops by and he's like oh i've got the cash for you this is (laughs) what uh and hannah talked about and ashley's like hannah told you about our money problems and he's like blah 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 this memorial's coming up and we all want to donate into it and Ashley's like, oh, and then she uses as a subtext to talk about, like, or a segue to talk about, like, uh, Byron's, you know, upcoming separation slash divorce. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, there's, as an audience, as a savvy, somewhat audience member, you're sitting there thinking, like, are they setting up a potential? I feel like that would horrify both Arya and Hannah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like when you're mastering if you're right hand, you switch to the left hand all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, so then, I just want to say we cut back to the uh, the foursome, the double date. Um, I don't know why I have this. Uh, it's, it's the Hannah section, I guess. I haven't. Mm. Yeah. So they're eating their pizza, and Sean. They're talking about band of horses, and Sean says the most important thing about a <laughs> band is the name. And I should know because I had one. <laughs> just thinking about what kind of think about the lame ass rock lame band. Sean. Yeah. Seriously. Oh my god. Yeah. So Hannah sold all of her shit just to buy groceries. Yeah, she bought groceries. Uh, sometimes she tell Hannah that's not sustainable. Like, unless you're going to keep shoplifting. I do wonder, like, when her mom finds out about that, she's like, "Don't ever do this again. Don't sell your own stuff. I don't, don't want you to have to do that." Is she in the back of her mind thinking, like, "Is this your plan, Hannah? Is to just shoplift handbags and then sell them?" Like, you know, like doesn't doesn't want to get Hannah even into the uh, habit of making money that way. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that Sean would even be friends with Nolcon. Because you kind of get the impression here, like, Noel Kahn's guy who that throws, like, the cool parties where, like, the kids go to punch their V-card. Like, why is Noel Kahn friends with Sean? Yeah, what is he getting out of that? Yeah. Like, cover? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Alibi, yeah. Um, and then there's Spencer. And then there's Spencer. So... As we start out, uh, she's the one who kind of remembers Allie's line about immortality and whatnot. Uh, Jason shows up and is kind of walking all over her planning that she's done for the, the dedication. Mm. I want to point out in this, in that first scene where they meet Jason, her outfit, she's got like a shirt and tie underneath the sweater vest and then like essentially like Daisy Dukes. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her outfit is amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Spencer's like, uh, like uh, Jason starts talking about the the uh, program, and Spencer's like, "Oh, well, I emailed you the program," and he's, he's like, just "Yeah, like, that's a good start." I got your draft. Yeah. And, and so, so he's like, "Really?" The, the, the individual lines are so brilliant because he's like, "I don't see why we're thanking the PTA." And Spencer jumps in, "Well, well, they were a lot of help." Yeah. Yeah, and because she's a controlling type of person, she really doesn't like the idea that Jason's just stepping in and walking all over her yeah. shit. Uh, but she gets assigned to keep tabs on Jason to make sure, yeah, like, yeah. to find out what's going on with the Jenna thing. And- From the other girls, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
because they they're I love it they're even using her her controlling nature against her in that regard that she has the laptop yeah. all knowledge yeah but yeah so Jason one of the things we'll, we'll briefly talk about Jason is that he wants all of the girls to individually write like a like a thing about Allison mm-hmm. so at one point Spencer she has the first flashback she's lying on her bed in her room trying to think about what to write about Allison, looking at herself in the mirror and then opening her drawer to look over the camera pans over her drawer, to look over at the Allison bracelet that she has. Mm-hmm. And then she looks up at herself in the mirror and, you know, cue the flashback. And in the flashback, she's basically kind of like chafing under Allison's rule. Yeah. Um, well, all the other girls are sitting upright except for Spencer. It's like laying on her stomach. Yeah. She's like, uh, like sunbathing. And she's, Kind of, I can't remember exactly what it is that Allison does. Allison's being a being a bitch, and to Spencer, Jenna the jerk. yeah, to Jenna. And Spencer's kind of like, like, hey, you know, like I'm I'm a certain some authority here. You know, why are you all being such a dick? Well, Spencer asks Allison if she ever gets tired of shooting at the low hanging fruit. Yeah, and Allison's um, like, what that? What's that? I'll crush you. Yeah, it was interesting too because. Uh, Spencer and Allison have like vastly different philosophies. Spencer talks about how they'll all be friends even when they get really old. Mm-hmm. Allison's like, well, we're all going to be corpses and like beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then flashback ends abruptly concluded because Spencer gets an email, not a text, an email from A, read the memorial. She says, do it right. I'll be watching just like Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Implying again that A is Allison. Yeah, and that she's still alive. Yeah. I think it's interesting that that, that literature, that literary reference is directed at Spencer and not uh, Arya. Arya. Well, I mean, Spencer's a smart girl. Yes, she is. So Spencer goes and confronts the Jenna thing. I really like this shot. Like, at first, you just see Jenna thing like typing away on her blind people keyboard there. Um, mm-hmm. And then it like the shot switches and Spencer's just, like standing behind her over her shoulder, just like watching her for a while. And yeah. Jenna's like somebody there, and she's like Spencer. <laughs> um. So Jenna is Jenna. Like the way they've I, this, I this is a great it, scene. A part of it is the again, it's the the stigma of of being an able-bodied person dealing with somebody with a handicap and like how you don't know how to react to them. Because mm-hmm. Jenna, like, she comes from the always like this like innocent place at first. Like, oh, is Jason different? He sounds different. And Spencer refers to Jason as more polished. polished. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, Jen's, Jenna and Spencer have quite the conversation. Yeah, let's see. What does she say she, here? Jenna indicates that one of the liars most likely killed Allison. Well, she says, uh, when talking, hold on, I just got to find this. She says, Jenna says, when she was talking to Jason, she got the strangest sensation that Allison was in the room mm-hmm. and that the, the liars are careless and they haven't had to pay for their carelessness. And then, so, the, and then Spencer gets up in Jenna's grill and is like, I don't know what you think you're doing, but whatever you have planned, you know, like. Spencer out. Yeah. Well, as much as that they've been paying for it every single day. I have summing up this scene in my notes, I have written Jenna the Spencer, tonight you're gonna have to break your one rule. <laughs> well Jenna tells 
she tells Spencer that Allison came to visit her in the hospital and that Allison told her that she was done with Spencer because she was afraid of her. And Jenna yeah. thinks that one of the liars is who killed her. Yeah, setting up something very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good segue because yeah. So later, J- Jason talks to Spencer and says basically that she was only the one, the one who only ever really challenged Allison. And Spencer takes that news kind of hard. Um, Jason talking to Spencer. Yeah, yeah. In that that particular piece of info, mm-hmm. I think we can we can kind of segue to Jason from there. Sure. He's um he's come back to town at the start of the episode. He's not the grungy goffy loser guy they remember. He's very slick and sleazy. This is the first Jason. They'll recast him eventually. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Like he he kind of like you know walks all over their planning and takes over the dedication thing and and then he goes and throws his weight around like he jokes about like the school principal being his puppet. And then he like he gets to- he gets uh Wilden to reveal that Toby called Allison on the night she went missing. Yeah. Uh, and then later or on, using his phone yeah. or some yeah, it's interesting that Wilden would point that out. Um, and then later on, Toby's just like or on no sorry not Toby Jason's just like yeah it's funny you shouldn't have told me that you know like yeah. but like haha like I I got under his skin I can be you know I know how to bully a bully type of thing you know. Well, and so. Jason points out at the, the first thing of the, the four girls that his memory of them, because they all talk about his memory of him, of mm-hmm. him before he showed up. His memory of them is those five girls in Allison's room laughing and keeping secrets, <laughs> especially keeping secrets. Yeah. So um, before the memorial, there's a scene where Jason's like talking of Spencer. And I thought it was interesting because Jason is, how old do you say Jason is? Oh, he's got to be, um, 20s like mid 20s because you know so he's talking of just spencer who's a girl who's probably what a junior in high school anyways he's drinking whiskey yeah <laughs> well i feel like you can do that around spencer you know he's wearing like power suits like he's not wearing cheap suits yeah he's a guy who may not even have graduated high school yet or graduated college yet i'm sorry and he's drinking whiskey yeah. i feel like you can drink whiskey around spencer she's cool with it I, it's not so much about probably poured her Spencer. one too. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even just about Spencer. It's like who is this guy that he needs to be drinking whiskey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Spencer's yeah, so just like while you're at it, vodka soda, neat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We find out that Allison's mom still needs pills to get to sleep each night. Um, Spencer talks about like uh, the need to get justice for what happened to Allison. And Jason laughs at her general notion of justice. Mm-hmm. He tells her that he tells Spencer that she was the only one who ever really challenged Allison. Yeah, and it is interesting in this scene because it really, like Spencer seemed to be like she was asking like, well, is there any other suspects other than Toby? Since you're so good at uh, getting up Wilden's ass, and to me, it like when I first watched this, I was like, it kind of sounds like she's probing to see if there are any other suspects, like maybe her. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she plays this scene very interestingly. Like she's you could walk away from this whole episode thinking that Spencer killed Allison. Yeah, yeah. That that definitely reinforces my Spencer is a killer theory because um, she she plays it very close to the vest here with Jason. Yeah, and then Jason reveals to her that yeah. Allison told him what happened with the fire and the Jenna thing, but with the key detail that Allison told him that that Spencer was the one who started the fire and basically put it on Spencer. 
Yeah, yeah. Re- rewrote the version of what happened that Spencer mm-hmm. was the evil mastermind. Um, so at one point, as they're talking about this, Spencer says to him, you're just like Allison, aren't you? And he says, in some ways, I'm even worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have two quick notes about Noah Kahn before we get into the, the final parts mm-hmm. of the episode. Um, number one, Noah Kahn wants his crazy bread. Yeah. He wants number that. two, yeah, Noah Kahn likes his pizza to be room temperature like a rapist. <laughs> they're going to go to the party the four of them haven't finished their pizza like hannah wants to put it in the free in the fridge to keep it you know you know preserved and he's like mm-hmm. no leave it room temperature that's how i like it <laughs> um yeah so then there's the dedication or slash memorial yeah i mean this scene they get up and say something nice about allison I, the main takeaway here is you can see these girls are all still traumatized by her not only her death but like her existence you know like she she was really like allison was fairly terrible to them a lot of the time and like now she's dead but they're being haunted by a like you know they're all gonna need therapy all four of the girls speak we get snippets of it i mean obviously wilden is there oh we should mention that ian melissa's ex ian shows up the guy that spencer kissed yeah um not ren i don't want to confuse anyone yeah yeah, the four Multiple girls, Melissa X's that Spencer's made out with. <laughs> the four girls speak. And it's very interesting because um, the the show is never like like massive about like it's this is specifically an Emily episode or specifically an Ari episode. Mm-hmm. It seems like all of the girls, Ari always has the Ezra storyline. <laughs> but other than that, like all of the girls, they only just barely edge out the other three for dominance of the, of the episode. They usually all have something to do, yeah. But I mean, like, this is primarily a Spencer episode because Spencer talks about yeah, I'd that. Yeah, i say so. Allison is the first girl, or the first friend that she knew she could be angry with and not worry about losing her. <laughs> so it's almost like Spencer cherished their rivalry. Yeah. Hannah talked about how the difference between, like, how friends see you and how strangers see you. That your friends basically see you for who you are good and bad and strangers see you in a way that they want to see you it's about their their own personal narrative um emily being boring talks about just how this this park bench will be about the park being safe because mm-hmm. she's a fool um, and aria talks about herself and uh, yeah acceptance <laughs> yeah aria um, talks about how she's dealing with it yeah, because she's Orient, she's magnificent. Yeah, and then Spencer comes back to say that that Allison would have quite frankly loved all this fucking attention. Mm-hmm. And then Jennathan speaks. Jennathan speaks. She says that Allison helped her when she was in the blind people hospital, and that Allison was the strongest person she ever met. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, all I have written down here is that Emily says next to Spencer, Arius next to Ari. Uh, it's Arius is <laughs> hand. Sorry. Yeah. Is it the same photo of Allison from the funeral? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the, the photo they use of Allison, the one from the funeral, it's an interesting photo because something about the expression on her face is not... She's Allison's smiling in it, but like it's not it's like a, sweet. It's not a total sneer or anything, but it's not exactly a sweet smile either, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not the Laura Palmer photo from... Like, it's, it's, a little, it's a little smug, I guess is what you'd say. Yeah. She's kind of a bitch. Yeah. 
Um, so then at the end, Jason thanks them, you know, for helping out and is like, sorry for steamrolling you, kind of, but not really. And then he gives them Allison's bracelet. He's like, oh, you should have this. I got it from the cops. And they're like, huh, that's interesting. It's Allison's bracelet, even though we already have that because we found it, you know? And so it's like, well, somebody made a fake Allison bracelet and put it in the woods where they know we'd find it, you know? Made sure they'd find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then for the A-tag, which may or may not be the A-tag itself. You don't see, see you don't see any anyone's hands or anything like that. You just basically see that the memorial that they just made is getting like all smashed up with a shovel. Yeah, yeah. And it's all trash and like the you know all the tiles that were made and signed by people are broken and all the roses thrown on top of everything. So that didn't last too long. No, <laughs> didn't even make it through the night. No, no. Uh, yeah, and that is episode eight. That is episode eight. I believe the next week's episode's the one where they are stuck at the school with the SATs. I always remember that there is an episode like, yeah, it's the next one's the perfect storm or the perfect storm. Yeah. Have to go take the SATs at school. Excellent. Excellent. This is, uh, this is, but still, this episode is a pretty good example that, like, uh, eight episodes in, you're pretty wrapped up in the personal drama of these girls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they do a, really, I think the key is they, they made Allison a really interesting character who's, in a lot of ways, totally unlikable, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, it works so much better than if she was just like the innocent friend type of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a certain weird nuance to her. Like you don't know. Well, and even Hannah, Hannah defends about her visit with Allison in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then like, and Hannah defends Allison to Lucas. She's like, well, she could be really nice, you know? Like, yeah. Like they, they all got something out of that relationship. It wasn't totally one way, you know. Yeah, exactly. They both were, or all four of them were, individually both victimized and built like up accomplices. By Allison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I think I enjoyed this episode more than the last week's episode. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of last week's episode. I like this one more. Um. I mean, it. All this stuff with Spencer was a lot of fun. Like, yeah, Spencer belongs in like scenes where it's nighttime and like somebody's drinking whiskey, you know, and and it's it, a friendly conversation, but possibly each is accusing the other of murder, you know. Yeah, it it. This felt. This was very adult in a more earned way than Spencer doing the tango. With exactly. Bro. Yeah. Um. And the minor spoiler for f- the future of this show, it felt more like the Spencer that you're going to know and love. Yeah, because I mean, it would make sense that she she should be a little more mature and adult about stuff like this. She's used to dealing with older people and, right. and you know, kind of like navigating that whole thing with like her sister and her parents and whatnot. It's not the same as like her suddenly being like, you know, like super confident, like with her, you know, herself and her sexuality and all that, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, fun episode. Um, good advancement, both of the emotional plot and the, you know, everything else. Looking forward to next week. Indeed. Perfect storm. Perfect storm. I'll talk to you then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Aria out.